We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. there everybody and welcome back to no other pod even though sporting kc season is over Mm -mm -mm. Um, it's gonna be a little bit somber of an episode at times a little bit fiery of an episode at times i'm sure but uh we will be here with you as always i'm jimmy and along (sighs) with me once again is my sad friend dan dan how's it going man Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come yeah. to talk. Oh, my God, dude. I've just, uh, misery loves company, dude. You know you're in trouble when you're looking up, when you're Googling, what are the saddest songs? <laughs> oh, no. Did you really do that? I did. And I was just like, I'm going to I'm gonna just play this old song by uh, Hank Williams. Never heard it, but they say it's sad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's been rough. Oh, dear. The cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> it's a sad one, too. Uh, yeah. Buddy, I got to tell you, I don't know how, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to stomach this. We're going to have to get through this. Um, and I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in because this, this is a rough time. It's dark, guys. It's real dark. You might have all gone outside and, and set something on fire last thursday um maybe you just threw a a heavy object somewhere i don't know but you're here now and and (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna all get through this we're gonna have a big group hug and and thanks for being here because we don't take breaks man we don't have an off season this is we roll on through we do we got a lot of questions about that i guess uh which is cool a lot of new listeners since the last off season um dude shouts to everyone that that inquired about that because that is that's really cool i was like oh I, well yeah i mean we didn't last year and i'm like oh well maybe they weren't listening last year so that's very cool yeah yeah we'll we'll be here um man it's only what 10 weeks until ccl like yeah dude it's Conca gonna Calf fly Champions by. League. yeah we will be here um you know there's obviously news we'll, man there's international yeah, there's news a- there's manchester united blowing at news there's all sorts of stuff <laughs> there there is always news there's always a draft um it's mls we gotta have a draft That's like true. every week so well, uh, i guess there's mls cup too uh if we want to talk yeah. about that at all is there i'm pretty sure the mls season just ended on thursday oh That's yeah there's no told. championship 
it's been canceled. Yeah. That makes sense. They just they just canceled MLS. So yep, um, everything yeah. sucks. It's very dark. It does. Um, but yeah, we will be here throughout the off season. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on all the latest soccering news, sporting KC news, MLS news. Um, there will be a lot of it. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. We do have a couple new ratings and reviews even though sporting oh, lost y'all yes. still came so uh tell me about Dude, those these came right after the loss so i mean kudos to you guys for doing this uh but this was funny from cc 66209 um they said finally a review so all season i listened <laughs> to you beg for a review hey now i wouldn't call yeah. it begging i would I call won't. it uh it's probably begging. It's probably it. Uh, guess it took me until now to finally write one. Squinty laughing face. Great podcast and one I anticipate each week. Love the entertainment and soccer knowledge mix. I'm what you might call a soccer mom. Love it. But definitely an SKC fan. Looking forward to next year. That's great. CC, thank you so much for that. Um, awesome. And entertainment, dude. I feel pretty good about that. I think we're entertainers. We do all right. We have a... A corner on the soccer mom market. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, hey, Riley Ayer, we know Riley. Uh, talk to him on Twitter. Oh, we do. Great podcast. Love the pod. Always a highlight of my week. Great barroom banter on one of my favorite topics, Sporting KC. I would highly recommend. So, thank you guys for doing that. That's that's huge. Of course, helps people find the podcast and uh, uh, makes makes us feel warm and fuzzy on the darkest of days. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you haven't given us a rating or review yet, go ahead and do it. Uh, if you have. Quest for 100, man. We're at 85. We're on the 85. quest for 100. That's 15. We can do that before CCL starts. Come on, y'all. Let's get us to 100 reviews before the next sporting game. We can do that. There you go. So uh, if you have given us a review already, thank <sighs> you. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk CCL, man. I'm not. I'm not over this. I got this taste in my mouth. There's not enough mouthwash in the world to yeah. move on right now, dude. I'm. I'm like stuck on an ex-girlfriend over here. It's really bad. Yeah, you're not alone. Um, the uh, the team did their exit interviews, and and some of them are are, are feeling feeling this one hard. Um, and and we'll go over everything yeah. that happened in the game. But uh, I saw a tweet from uh. Uh, a sporting KC reporter out there, uh, Daniel Sperry. I wasn't able to be at the exit interviews, but he was there and he said that Graham Zusi like was legit crying. Um, Damn. Because this, this like seriously affected these players and you could tell in the post game locker room that this was not like a loss that I had seen before. This was not like a playoff loss I had seen before this. They took this one hard. Like they really felt like, they let this one slip away and there was a real chance to win MLS cup. So, um, I think we all felt that. I think we all felt this is the best team that we've had in a long time. I mean, hell, even Peter said it. He said he thinks this was the best team he's ever coached. Yeah. Most talented. Um, that's fantastic. This, yeah, this, this one, this one stung. Um, especially because the way it happened, like knowing that, Hey, we're playing Portland at home. Like all those, all those different quotes from be it Ilya or, or, or Johnny or whoever, where they're like, man, you tell us we're 90 minutes away from MLS cup at home. Like that's a dream come true. And we, yeah. we had gotten a result, um, 
against Portland every time, beat them handily at home before. Like this, this one felt like it should have been a win, and uh, and it felt that way all throughout the first half. The game started off well. Um, it took what twenty minutes, I think, before yeah, the twentieth uh, yeah, minute. In, in the twentieth minute, Johnny Russell running down the right side of the field doing Johnny Russell things. Uh, Liam Ridgewell tried to sort of kick the ball away, messed it up, kicked it right to Rubio, who sent it across the face of goal to Daniel Shallowy and in. Sporting KC's up 1-0 on the 20th minute. That's just about as good of a start. I think we even said, and someone called us out on Twitter, they're like, hey, y'all said if we needed a goal in the first 20 minutes, we got a goal in the first 20 minutes. Seemed like it was going well. I I might have said last week. I might have said 10. And then I think you were like, eh, maybe 20. And I'm like, yeah, let's give us 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at that point, we had we had had this whole pregame light show experience where everyone had their phones out, and it said Kansas City, and it was coordinated to music and fireworks. Oh, how and there was fun! Twenty thousand people. Did you oh see that God. sweet video circulating Twitter? Oh yeah, there was a, a cool podcast I'd heard of. Um, yeah, where dude, they like took a video, the, and no one else took a video yeah. of this. I don't know why. I don't know why there's no other evidence of this. I don't know, but yeah, thank thank God. There, what's that podcast? Oh, no other pod. I heard no other pod, is what it was bitches. Called. And <laughs> we get yeah, the we, real uh, shit. Yeah, we. I uh, I don't know why. Like I figured everybody would be filming this. I thought Sporting KC themselves would be filming it. Um, yeah, because this was a badass, cool stunt. Like this wasn't just people holding up cards. This was like all of y'all downloaded an app on your phone and you timed like you had it sync up with the timer and you held it right and you had to put in your seat number and then it spelled out KC <laughs> and it was to mute. Like, and you, and you held intense. it right. <laughs> I mean, Hey, I mean, I was expecting half the stadium to hold it backwards and they just have flashlights flashing Bro, in their eyes. Um, I was expecting sporting KC to put something out there like, Oh, look what we did. And like, dude, you were the only one who took a video of that. It was super weird. I'm saying and you didn't think nothing of I'm it. Saying. You weren't like, Oh, this is going to get, 900 likes or retweeted hundreds of times you no. you just were like oh this is cool i'm gonna put this out there yeah i was like hey i think this is cool hopefully other people do too next thing i know kmbc is retweeting it yeah. the city of kansas city's retweeting it daniel shallow is retweeting it and yeah like 300 retweets and a thousand likes later you got me um, followed by johnny's tavern did i really that's I mean, awesome somehow yeah <laughs> i was like oh cool man i love johnny's tavern yeah, Johnny's Tavern retweeted it. Yeah. Um, Sporting KC still didn't acknowledge our tweet. Sporting KC hey, did not you know, retweet cool. it. Who's who's in charge over there? Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't film it. They didn't do anything about it. And I was like, y'all promoted this so much ahead yeah. of time. You didn't have a camera set up. And you couldn't even give us a retweet. Come that's on. a losing mentality. And that could have helped us lose the game. So uh, I think that's on the social <laughs> media there. And you know what? Yeah. Dude. Is there anybody out there that bought their flight to Atlanta like before the game even started? Because I'm mad at you. You know who you are. <laughs> if you bought your flight, I'm not. I'm not trying to call you out, but I'm calling you out. I'm, I'm very superstitious, know, uh, Jimmy. I'm very superstitious. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later because we got an yeah, email yeah. asking about game day superstitions. So we'll, we'll I got give a ton of all them. your superstitions. Um. I asked people, I tweeted out, I was like, hey, did anybody buy a flight? And Kyle Orenberg, I think, said he wanted to, like he almost did, but he couldn't bring but himself he, to do he it. Good, Kyle. Good yeah, job, my friend. Good good decision. Um, oh, man. We were I ready had a flight right saved. when the final whistle. We were going. 
Yeah, we were we were gonna go. We would be there in Atlanta, but alas, it was not meant to be. It was not meant to be. Um but yeah, a man I mean after that intro, the sweet light show, they had the white puma, Jimmy Nielsen came out, they had Tony Miola come out. I mean, they were carrying MLS cups. We had the Western Conference trophy there. It was hype. There were twenty thousand plus people there. I was like, this is it. And then Daniel scores that first goal, 20 minutes in, and I'm like, okay, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at at the point where obviously we knew the game wasn't going to end 1-0, but when Daniel scored that first goal, you know, were were you feeling pretty good? Because it seemed to me like Sporting KC pretty much dominated until that point. Bro, we were knocking on the door the whole first half. I mean, we were sending balls in. Things were dangerous. Um, uh, Yeah. I was feeling really good. Like, let's let's go. Oh, my God. I'm yelling. I'm upsetting my dog as usual because he hates fun. <laughs> he hates fun. I don't understand, dude. Uh, but, yeah, and then and then Sebastian Blanco happened. I mean, we, we went uh, in halftime, though, 1-0. That was wonderful. We we almost went in halftime 2-0, almost 3-0 because just right? four minutes after, just four Both minutes sides. after Daniel scored his first goal, there was the corner kick. And uh, Daniel puts it a looping header into uh, into the back of the net, but they called Icapara offside because he barely was in the in the way of Jeff Attenella. Well, I mean, I guess not barely in the way he 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 was in the way of Jeff Attenella. But did they call um, offside, or did they call interference? They called offside. I thought it was a foul at first, but it was it was offside. They called, and technically he was offside by a little bit when uh, when. Daniel headed the ball, but what sucks is like even if he didn't get to Jeff Atanella at all, Jeff wasn't getting to that that ball. He wasn't gonna save it. Yeah. So it sucks. But man, you know, man. I thought, hey, two zero in the twenty fourth minute, pretty good shape. But uh but Yeah, no. I mean who could ever it, score two goals in four minutes? You know, that that'd be crazy. <laughs> um foreshadowing. And then it <laughs> At the end of the first half, uh, we almost got another one because it was like the fourth minute of stoppage time, and Diego Rubio put the ball in the back of the net um, off of a little through ball from Johnny, but they called him offside. And he was probably about a foot offside. It was real close. Yes. But uh, Referee yeah, had a so. great first half. I, I, Mark Geiger did, did a great first half, I got to tell you. Second half, he, did. he could absolutely <laughs> suck it. He can suck it. Yeah, so we had people ask us ahead of Piece time, of like, "Hey, how, how, uh, how's Mark Geiger as a ref? Like, is he is this, yeah, is this good? Is this bad?" And and generally, he's fine. Um, but now, and he's like trash. you said, in the <laughs> in the first half, he was probably fine. Second half, not as much. But um, I don't know. We're we're up one zero at halftime. Obviously, we know that that's not how the score is going to end. Like, there there's going to be a lot more action that happens, but how are you feeling at halftime? Are you feeling confident or are you thinking, man, we were up two zero at halftime last, last no. time. And, uh, and, and it didn't matter. So how, how are you feeling? No, not confident at all. I don't think anyone is. I mean, yeah, the stadium's loud and all that, but no one's confident. Are you, are you dying? <laughs> I tried to turn away from the mic, but yes, I am still did coughing. You just, did you just choke, you just choke on water. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't choke. I, I, I'm, I'm still getting over this mega cold that I had. So please forgive me if I have, if I have any I too bad coughing fits. 
we will edit it out. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting so, that if you, you turn away from the mic, but I still hear it because you and I talk over the phone. So yeah. I, they probably don't hear nothing at all. Yeah, but they do they hear might. my dog well, now they sometimes, know. by the way. Now they know. <laughs> A little uh, behind the scenes. Uh, no. Okay, you're not you're not comfortable 1-0 at halftime. No one is because you know one goal from Portland and they win the game which is bullshit. And everyone's complaining. I see a lot of complaining about, oh, I don't like this two-leg series. Oh, I don't like the uh, uh, the away goal rule. Well, what would you want? Just a one-off? I mean, I freaking League AMX does, does two-leg series. I mean, what do you want? Doesn't Champions League do that or no? Yeah, they do. I mean, but I hope you're okay with the one-off because that's what we're getting. Um, I know that's where it's going. I, I'm, I'll be fine with whatever because I'm adaptable. All right, I'm like a chameleon, <laughs> but I just feel like I—I I don't know. I, I hate change, really, but I can roll with it. I can roll. So yeah. no, I'm not comfortable with the half because it all goes downhill from here, folks. Yeah, Sporting KC had statistically dominated at the half, but like they were killing possession. They were way out shooting uh, Portland, um, but that away goal rule was looming so large because in one single goal, you'd go from advancing to uh, to being knocked out. And I know, and that was one of the big things where a draw in the first legs, not the worst result by any means, but a scoreless draw is not, is, is the worst of all draws. And that's what was constantly worrying me was man, any goal that Portland gets is, is going to be so much more valuable than any goal that we get on at home. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, just seven minutes into the second half, freaking Sebastian Blanco has the ball like 30, 35 yards out. He takes one little touch around Roger, and then there's nobody within, what, like 10 yards of him? Ilya tries to close it down at the last second, but Blanco fires this knuckler. And it like it it I don't even know how to describe what it did, but it was a laser that knuckled up and then down last second, right into the top right corner, past Timelia's arms. I think Tim saw it late. He could, just couldn't get to it, and suddenly it's one one, and everything changed from there on out. And uh, it kind of sucked. I mean, so we're all dying a little bit inside. Uh, did you see? Well, you probably couldn't. I, I was watching on TV. But seeing every every face in that stadium was my exact face. I I, I didn't know what was going to happen. But I was like, okay, a lot of freaking game left, dude. Let's keep doing what we're doing. A lot of game left. Let's go. Yeah. Did you uh, – I, I only saw this on the replay. Did you see even uh, Diego Valeri's face? I did. Like, he was like, did that he, just happen? He couldn't believe what just happened. He didn't even think it was possible. He uh, put his hands on he, his like, head like his a freaking – cartoon yeah he was like oh my god like he had a headache he was hurting um he didn't believe it just happened and if you look on mlssoccer.com they got a replay if you can bring yourself to watch it um, no i can't it goes i already watched the inches, condensed match bro inches above tim's hand like so close um and and Peter said after the match, he goes, I think the biggest issue was the defense didn't close down enough. And I agree Not with him. All. Like they just had too much space. No one uh, came up and he's like, okay, I'm just going to fire. Yeah. And, and you knew 
you know that he can do that. I mean, maybe you don't expect that he can do that, but you know he's he's a, a strong attacking player. Um, he's got the ability to put the ball in the net. You probably never really expect that sort of goal, but um, right. But a lot of times, keepers tell their defenders that if you're out, if they're outside the 18, you know, just don't get in my way. Let them fire. You know, let them shoot. Yeah, and. I Maybe think, that's what they were doing, yeah. and boy, did he shoot. That pissed me off, man. He shot, and I, I mentioned this to somebody, and, and then I was glad because Peter kind of confirmed what I thought, is I think Tim just saw it late. I think Tim might have been able to get there if he was sort of expecting a shot and was able to get a decent jump on it. But, I, I mean, you watched him gets a late reaction, and I don't necessarily blame him because, like, I don't – I wasn't – it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I wasn't expecting him to shoot then, so I think Tim just got, like, even a half-second later start than he he normally would, and he just couldn't quite get there. So Yeah. No, absolutely. Tim wasn't wasn't willing to put any of the blame on the defense. I, I asked him after the game. Peter said defense didn't close down enough. Is that what you think? And he was like, no, defense was fine. It's all on me. I was like, okay, Tim. <laughs> He's um, always going to say that. Yeah. he's. I don't think I've ever once heard Tim Melia blame anyone else for a goal other than himself um i'm just which is, i mean maybe partly what makes him such a good goalie is he's he's got such confidence and and such an expectation of himself that he should stop everything that you know that's what he does yeah uh, true he, he's also just a really nice guy so he's never gonna blame anybody um but then just nine minutes later the worst happened because at this point, it's 1-1, and Portland's going through on away goals. But if Sporting KC can go up 2-1, suddenly Sporting KC's back ahead, and they're advancing. What couldn't happen was giving up another goal. Because if Portland got a second goal, then Sporting KC was going to have to get two more goals, because 2-2 isn't going to work. So now all of a sudden you need to have 3-2. And... Right. uh and freaking Sebastian Blanco again gets the ball at almost an identical spot on the field, except this time instead of shooting, he lobs it over uh, Sporting KC defender to Jeremy Ibobase. Ibobase couldn't put it in the back of the net. Tim kind of pawed it away, but Diego Valeria was there and heads the ball into a wide open empty net. It's 2-1 in the 61st minute. And I think it was at that moment where I was like, this has all gone wrong and this is not our night. So, did it not look like he was offside at all? Do we not know this? It, did, did it, it, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It did. Ike. Ike certainly raised his hand. I think I haven't seen a definitive angle that shows whether he's offside or not. I have seen one where it shows like Ike's back leg, like might be just keeping him on. I think it was really oh close. My God. Um. But yeah. I don't know. It, it 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 was not good. Um, that's what's interesting that was the about. End. I I was, well, it wasn't the end. I was like, okay, but this is not the team that has had a comeback. You know, that has comeback games like that. That one year where we came back from down on on Vancouver three one to win four three, or yeah. when we came down. You know, we were down two one on Philly and and beat them three to two in like the last ten minutes of the game. This is not that team. Yeah. We have not done that no. or had to do that. No. Um, 
what's interesting about this goal is because I, I asked Matt Beisler after the game about the first Blanco goal. I said, hey, you know, did that shot kind of catch you off guard? Uh, Peter said maybe he thought you guys didn't close down enough. And, and Beisler was like, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. But he was like, the thing with Blanco is if you try to – if you leave too much space, he's going to give you a – he's going to shoot and he's going to do what he did. But if you close down too much, he's going to do what he did on the second goal. And and I've gone back and rewatched this because I didn't think about it from this perspective, but Beasler's 100% right. They closed down hard on Blanco, but because they, they closed down so fast, he just was able to do that little chip over everybody's head. And then it's it's like, so you kind of got to pick your poison. Uh, and it, it just, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting perspective. Um, yeah, I guess. It just sucks that he was able to do both. So. It just hurts. I, I want to be like, like, part of me wants to be like, uh, hey, uh, Jimmy, do we have to, can we just stop, dude? Do we have to talk about this anymore? Like, okay, we've talked about important goals. We're done, right? Oh, no. It gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. Well, it gets worse almost immediately after this goal because Valeri knocks this header in and then he runs over to the side and people don't throw shit on the field. What happened? Just don't do it. Like, come on, guys. That's not cool. And I'm sure it's not any of our listeners who did it, like, but probably someone who never even goes to the games. I mean, and you know what? You're, I I actually thought that, and you're probably not wrong because I've, I've never seen, and Peter Vermees said, I mean, Peter, I thought Peter was going to kick some people's asses. You should have heard him on TV. Like Taylor Twelman was like, uh, uh, Taylor Twelman was like, uh, Peter's going out on the field. (laughs) Well, at first you see Seth like yelling at people to knock really? it off. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I see Peter walking over and Peter's walking over to the cauldron and he kind of motioned to like the cauldron behind the like, behind the goal, knock it off. But then Did he you went see over the to cauldron? the section. The cauldron all no, pointed was... to the east stand. They were like, <laughs> uh-uh, bitch, not us. They came from over there. Go talk to those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, this is they not They ratted them out, and, and, no I mean, doubt. Hey, good for them. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get bitched out because someone else is doing something stupid. Oh hell um, yeah! I mean, Dad's coming to give me an ass kicking. It wasn't me. Right. It was our brothers no, over there. He's taking, he's taking the belt off, and you're like, oh no, this happened. Oh my god, um, bad memories. Yeah, <laughs> but Peter, Peter walked all the way over to the east stand and, and basically told him to knock it the hell off. And then I guess he apologized to Gio Savarese in the game, yeah. like right at that moment. For sure. Um, and then you probably heard in his post-game press conference where he's like, I don't know what happened. That's never happened at our stadium before. We never want to be known for that. But it was a classless act, and I never want to see it happen again. And I apologize yeah. to the Timbers organization that it even happened. Bro, we have so. made fun of Toronto. We've made fun of LAFC. We've made fun of every team that's ever thrown stuff on the field or at a player. And now we got to make fun of ourselves. We look like a bunch of idiots. And it's, yeah, one person is going to make this fan base look like a bunch of idiots and classless losers. So thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Because that's that's all people will ever remember. Not the good chance, not the fun times we all have there together as a family. The one dumbass that makes us all look bad. It sucks, but it's true. Yeah. It does. And, and you're probably right in that it was probably some people who don't normally go to the games because... <laughs> People who go to the games are normally very well behaved like that, but well, I hope it, they it kick doesn't them out, really right? matter. Like if you're, 
Oh yeah, I mean, I think even not just the cauldron, like the main part of the cauldron, but I think people around in in that East Stand area were, were like, it was them. Oh, like, absolutely. They, they were they were right there. So I, I, you know, I, I, I think I did see a tweet that they were kicked out and arrested. Um, but I don't know. It it just kind of sucked. And I saw one one sporting KC fan tweet after. Um, he's like, I'm actually more upset at people being stupid and throwing stuff on the field than I am about the loss. Um, well, just because people take this I'm really not seriously. Go that far. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just moral of the story: don't be that guy no. or that girl. Don't throw stuff on the field. So Peter might kick your ass. Dude, and you don't want that. He was coming to his face. It was like, oh shit, you don't you don't fucked up. You done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ever do it again. Um, so twenty more minutes go by. Oh, it's not God. looking great. We knew there'd be a lot of stoppage because of the people throwing things on the field. Oh, dude, I called it um, again, man. I was like, Marissa, watch nine minutes stoppage time coming up. And sure enough, <laughs> we did get nine minutes. Before the nine-minute stoppage time in the 81st minute, Gerso pulled one back, gave us a little bit of hope. Oh, my God, dude. Gerso came in this game, and I was freaking out. I was like, okay, okay, Gerso's fast. Gerso's fast. He's not going to give us a goal or anything. He's just fast. He's going to try to open up space and create things. And sure enough, he gets this goal, and I'm like, oh, my God, I spoke too soon. (laughs) Well, you know, honestly, what the most underrated part of this goal to me is? is not the Zussi cross. It's not Gerso's goal. It's the Namath dummy. Like, I didn't notice this until I went back and watched the replay. But really? Namath, because at first I thought maybe he like tried to kick it and just missed it. Namath a hundred percent dummies this on purpose and lets the ball go through he to jumps Gerso. In the air. And yeah, yeah and uh, and that's what sprung Gerso so open is because the entire Portland defense thought Namath was going to try to blast it in the goal. So and in real time, it looks like a little flick. That's what I thought. I was like, did he just do a little flick to Gerso? Because that was badass. Yeah, I, I mean it. It was it was a smart smart move. I mean Namath hasn't contributed that much since rejoining Sporting KC, but um, that was good. Um, and suddenly it it's 2-2 again. It was tough again. to see Namath, Namath, Crosse, and Gerso in there. It was. I didn't want to see Johnny come out. I didn't want to see Diego come out. It sucked, man. Yeah. Daniel got hurt at halftime, and he came back out, and Dan- he was – Right. He, he played, but, I mean, it was bothering him a little bit. Um but yeah, man, it's 2-2, and at 2-2, Portland's still going through on the away goals, but suddenly you have 10 minutes, plus all that stoppage. They show Patrick freaking Mahomes on the screen, and he's going nuts, hyping up all this, the 20,000 people out of there. Um, oh, that's fantastic. Like half the Chiefs were there. Um, I almost ran into Travis Kelsey, like literally actually crashed into him coming out of the he was bathroom. There, he was there too? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Mahomes, it was Travis Kelsey, uh, Chris Conley, I think, was there. Uh, Tyreek was there. Kareem Hunt was you know, there. Um, oh, was Kareem Hunt there, was he? Was he kicking women? Yeah, hopefully not, but uh, he That's gone. That's what they do. Um, yeah, Sorry, no, I, I, I was coming. Get into that. I was, uh, I was coming out of the bathroom in the press box, and, and as I'm opening the door, I'm like, why are there like – 20 armed police officers walking by and i looked to my left and i was like oh it's because the chiefs are here and travis kelsey literally like we almost crashed into each other i was like oh sorry and he's like that's cool and walks by me 
<laughs> oh, oh my god, that's it? That was yeah. it, Jimmy? Yeah. I almost I almost crashed. I almost tackled Travis Kelsey. No, there's so. no doubt. You would have bounced the hell off. <laughs> <laughs> he would have stood there solid. I would have fallen down and broken something. Um, oh my god, dude! You didn't fangirl out or anything. You didn't like give him a handshake, like, "Hey, man, big fan, really love what you're doing." Nothing. I wanted to. Well, actually, you know where my mind first went. This is where I would that have he fangirled. That he didn't. That he didn't wash his hands. No, 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 no. I almost I crashed into <laughs> Travis Kelsey, and when I registered it was Travis Kelsey, I started looking around. I was like, "Where's Mahomes?" Because I wanted to see. Oh Mahomes. my god! Really? So, yeah. I, I was like, I, I'm I'm a big Mahomes fan, so. I thought you were going to say the armed police guards were there for Kareem Hunt when they just saw that video. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, no. yeah, I don't, I'm not sure they would need all that firepower for one man, but, you know. Yeah. Was that, were, they, were, were they guarding the bathroom while, he was, while Kelsey was peeing? They're like, this man no. needs to pee in no, safety. He, they, <laughs> they, they weren't in the bathroom. I was coming out of the bathroom. They were walking from you their luxury out. suite to go get a luxury or suite. Yeah, I thought they were down yeah. with the with the with the piss ants with the with the peasants. They weren't down there. They were down with the cauldron to start the game when they did the That's I believe it? chant, and then they went up. Then to they their came box. to the yeah. box. Yeah, with armed guards. There were like guns in the in the area. Oh my god! Yeah, like multiple oh guns god. on each guard. So well, I was hoping they were standing outside the bathroom while Kelsey was taking a nasty dump. <laughs> that would have been better. I wish that were the case. That would have been a better story. Uh, um, sir, you can't no. come in here. And you're like, I just have to pee. No, sir. Not right now. This is for okay, your own safety. I guess it's under maintenance. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, they. so okay. Jerso. No, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a big dude. Not surprisingly. Um, yes. Yes. So Jerso scores. They show Patrick Mahomes up on the screen. He's hyping up everybody. He's like, let's go, let's go. And everyone's going nuts. And then they put up the nine minutes of stoppage time. And the entire stadium starts cheering because we're like, we got time. We're doing it. There's a barrage of shots. Like, it really feels so like. So many, might, dude. We might do this. Sporting Casey outshot Portland 20 to 8. 8 on target yeah. to 3 on target. But unfortunately, all three of those shots on target for Portland went in because in the ninth minute of stoppage time, if there were any hope of any sort of comeback last second, Diego Valeri ended it when Diego Chara found him. And first off, too many Diegos. But uh, Diego Chara found Diego Valeri in the middle of the field. Valeri just flips it past Melia. It's 3-2. At that point, you know the game's over. Portland wins. We're not going to Atlanta. So It's done. I think we all really cried a little bit. Um, that's when I started playing Simon and Garfunkel. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was bad, dude. And that last play of the game, like you wanted to put it on Seth, but you couldn't. Like Seth is backtracking and he's he's covering Valeri. And then yeah. he kind of sees that Zeusy's there. So he steps up on Chara. But guess what? Zeusy wasn't there. Valeri takes off and Zeusy's now got a fucking race, dude. So I'm like, that's kind of on Seth, I, I feel. Like, he should have, I don't know. He was doing what he had to do by stopping ball and letting other people kept, catch up. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because at that point, you you throw all the numbers forward and you're pretty much like, yep. screw the defense. We got a score. Tired but legs, dude. You know there was some soreness the next day. They put it all out there that night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it sucks. Um. And you could tell. I mean, you could literally tell 
how sad they were. Um, you know, I was ready, man. I was ready for a one day trip to Atlanta. It would have been baller. We were going to do it. We were going to fly in Saturday and fly out Sunday. Um, but I mean, like I said, everybody was real sad immediately after the game in the locker room, more sad than I've ever seen them. And then Sam McDowell wrote a really interesting article in the star where he kind of profiled some of how the players were feeling the next day. And, uh, and he talked about how, how upset Zussi was. And, and he says that Zussi fell asleep Saturday night. And when he woke up Sunday morning, he realized he replayed the match all over again in his head in his sleep. And, and Zussi's like, I don't think I've ever done that before. Like it's tough to even remember the past couple of days, to be honest, those were dark times. And I'm like, this really hit these guys real hard. Um, man, and it just oh, man. sucks. Cause I think, you know, yeah. every, everyone thought this might be the year. Like this, Peter said, this was the most talented team he's ever coached. We won the West. Um, we had beaten Atlanta in Atlanta before. We, you know, we we could see a path to MLS Cup and to have it all taken away at home in front of you. It just really, really sucks. So, I don't know. I, I don't it's, know. Uh, I, I was the season. Hey, let me let me let's. We all tap into those questions, man. Didn't you ask if the season was as a a, uh, a success on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, and and so I asked that because I thought it was interesting because I heard a couple of different answers um, from the locker room even. When someone asked Peter Vermees if he thought it was a success, he unequivocally said no. He was like, our goal at Sporting KC is to win championships, is to win trophies. We did not win a trophy this year, whether it be U.S. Open Cup or Champions League or MLS Cup. If we don't win a trophy, it's not a success. And I was like, okay, like – it's a pretty clear answer. Ike said something a little bit more nuanced. Ike was like, yeah, I mean, we won the West. I think that's you know successful. We set out to accomplish our goal of, of, of winning the West and earning a home playoff game. He goes, having said that, obviously, real success would have been winning MLS Cup. We didn't do that. So there's kind of a difference of perspective there. People like Tim and Matt Beasler, they, they said it, it was just too close to even tell if it was a success or not. So we asked... We asked on Twitter um, if people thought it was a success. I'll just read some of uh, some of the answers here. Beach McGillishaw said, success, it depends how you look at it. But was it fun and exciting? 100%. Next season, no trophies would be a disappointing season. Hopefully, it'll be at Children's Mercy Park in 2019. Um, Corey Matzat said, I think I'd say it was a good, perhaps great season, but possibly not a success. I think that SKC had a good shot at any of the three trophies and didn't get any. I could maybe accept that making it past the knockout round counts as a success, but I lean toward no. Uh, and then this will be the, you know just a couple more real quick, and then I want to get your thoughts. Gare Bear, definitely a success. Finished top of the West, got farther than the last few years in the playoffs. I wouldn't mind grabbing a couple midfielders that could score more. Is that what he said? And then Kyle Orenberg, I would call it a success, a deep run in the playoffs after all those knockout game losses. Um, so I don't know. Where, where do you land on sort of this? Is it a success? Is it not a success argument? I don't know, dude. It, it, success is 
I don't know. I always say progress, not perfection. And like, did we make progress from the previous, you know, 2014, 15, 16, 17, four years? I mean, that's, yeah, we did. We, we, we had a huge milestone. We had, uh, you know, we had record breaking year and goals and stats of galore. So, I mean, I'd say successful season. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a trophy. Everyone loves to get a new scarf. That's like a championship scarf. Uh, you know, a third star on the jersey would be pretty cool. But you got to think you got a you got a majority of this team coming back. Definitely all the starters, and uh, yeah. we're ready to roll, man. I think we got a pretty strong pretty strong squad that could really gather some points early on in the season and and even make a little run in Champions League if they could. Yeah, for sure. I so I kind of agree with I like the way Corey Matsat sort of framed it. Is he he was like, you know, I think it's fair to say it was a good or a great season. I think that's different than was it a successful season? I think anytime you have a team as talented as this team, and Peter saying it's the most talented team he's ever had, you win the West, you set a franchise record for goal scored, to do all that and then to come away without a trophy of some sort. It's hard to call that a success, but it was certainly a great season the way that Sporting KC performed as a whole just until that very last half of soccer that they played, which will unfortunately knock them out. So, yep. I don't know. Oh, um, God, it hurt so bad. But we I'm also asked, dance again. <laughs> we also asked, what do you want to see SKC do in the offseason? Um, Got a couple answers. Kyle Orenberg said he wants to sign a quality number six as depth for Ilya because his pace is unsustainable when adding in CCL play, which is true. Ilya mm. and Graham Zussi were two of four players that played literally every minute of the season. So That's crazy. Yeah. Especially Zussi at his age at fullback. It's at insane. His <laughs> I mean, he's he's like not really much older than we are but i mean for for a soccer player um yeah bro, i think he's like my he age yeah yeah so can, can you get out there and and run for three thousand minutes up and down an mls field um dude i once like mapped how much ground i covered in a game one time as like 40 minute halves and i traveled like six miles and i was like god damn oh, i bet you know soccer players do better than that yeah, they. I, I mean, eh, that's probably. I was, I was way more fit then, though. That was a couple of years back, dude. I was like running. <laughs> I was playing that Ilya role. I was all over the place. Now I'm talking like maybe I get a 5K in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's quite a bit of, of distance he covered. Um, but I think it's 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 a good point to bring in a backup six because we really don't have that right now. Um, True. I mean, you could you could fit a couple different guys there, but none of them play that natural number six role. So I think that's a good point. Um, Gear Bear, I, that, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Bringing in a couple midfielders that could score more. I didn't think that was a problem really this year. If Felipe was, wasn't hurt for three months of the year, he could have had close to ten goals. Um, Johan can score sometimes. Rogers not bad. So. That doesn't bother me as much, but uh, I don't know. Um, you did mention we got most of the starters coming back, which we do. Um, they announced, Sporting KC announced the roster moves 
Um, we exercised contract options on Diego Rubio. So he's coming back. Graham Smith, the defender who started a couple games for Sporting KC, he's coming back. Eric Dick and Adrian Zendejas, the two goalkeepers, they're both coming back. And Sporting KC extended what's called a bona fide offer to Kyrie Shelton because his contract's up. So basically they're, they're, they're trying to sign him again. Hopefully he'll be back. Waiting um, on him to accept it. Yeah. We declined contract options on Carlton Belmar, Christian Lobato, Amr Didich, Colton Storm, and Brad Evans. Which Brad Evans, not a surprise. Everyone pretty much knew that was a one-year thing. Um, do any of those other guys, though, Belmar, Lobato, Didich, or Colton Storm, surprise you that they will not be back with Sporting Casey? Oh, I don't know. The Colton Storm thing, maybe. He was, I mean, he was playing all the time for Swope, so maybe they thought he wasn't progressing anywhere. He wasn't going to get first team minutes at all. Could be. I mean, it makes Uh, sense because he's a right back and Jalen Lindsay's a right back. So you got to think Jalen's going to be there to step up uh, when Zussi passes the torch, probably. Yeah. Well, and Zussi doesn't look like he's passing the torch anytime soon. So yeah, he just signed you know, a deal through like twenty twenty one or something. Yeah, so Jalen's much younger than Lobato. He's already ahead on the depth chart, so that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, or excuse me, not Lobato, uh, Colton Storm. Um, well, Lobato, Lobato, I guess, is go, huh? Yeah, he's maybe the one that might surprise me because they like Madranda is still with us, isn't he? Madranda. Yeah. 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 Madranda's still with us. Um, gotcha. Lobato, he came from Barcelona B, or he had that Barcelona B history. Um, I think he came in with some higher expectations. I think it's just he's he's been a little injury prone. Um, so it's just probably wasn't worth the salary he was making, is I guess why they probably cut him. But yeah. If you look at the roster that Sporting KC is coming back with next year. This is a solid, solid roster. And they freed up a little bit of, of contract space to add some more pieces. And if you look at this roster and you basically bring back all of the starters but can either add a little bit more depth or maybe, despite Rubio playing so well, maybe he really is better as that sub role. Maybe you still look for a striker. Like, this team's going to be back in the hunt, not only to win the West next year, but to compete for MLS Cup again, I think. I don't know. What do you think? I think so, man. Just picking up right where you left off, it uh, it makes sense. I mean, look at Toronto. They made MLS Cup, and they didn't they didn't win it. Then they came back and crushed everyone, set a record-breaking year, and, and won it. Yeah. And then came back so. and were shit. Not shit. They they just they didn't get the job done this year. No, I mean I, they prioritized CCL real early, and I think it it set them so far back in MLS that they could just never get on track. Which yeah, brings me to kind of weird, an interesting question that I just want to ask real quick. Um, Kyle Orenberg asked, "Should the team prioritize CCL?" So I I mean we will be in the CCL next year. It starts in February. We now know who we will play. Uh, we're recording this Monday night. Uh, we found out right before that we recorded that Sporting KC will face uh, Mexican club Deportivo Toluca, which were the runners-up of the Clausura because 
as some of you may know, in Liga MX, they basically have like two mini seasons, Clausura and Apertura. So basically, they were the second place team in one of their mini seasons. Um, so they're a tough side. Sporting KC historically has not done that well against Liga MX teams. So, do you think that Sporting KC should go out hard and prioritize CCL, or do you worry that that'll too put too much of a hindrance on the MLS season? Uh, no. Why not, man? I think yeah, go out and get it done. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a two that'll be. I mean, we'll talk more about this obviously as we get closer to February, but it'll be a, a two legged uh, series. Um, I think the first leg will be in Kansas City. We'll host Toluca, and then we'll go on the road to Toluca. And should we beat Toluca over the two legs, we'll face either Toronto FC or Club Atletico Independiente uh, from Panama. So, man, February's well, going to be excited. here so fast. My Liga MX team that I that I support is also in the Champions League, so that'll be fun. Which team is that? Let the people uh, know. Santos Santos Laguna. Santos Laguna, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so it'll it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. It's kind of interesting that like this is gonna be in place of a lot of the preseason soccer that we've come to know because we won't be playing in Arizona as much because we got Champions League to play. So that's true. That's that's interesting because that's gonna start up in February, and yeah, uh, that's that's awesome. And we'll there's you know soccer. the weeks to the weeks to come. Obviously, we got MLS Cup this weekend. And I think we can both just say we don't care who wins, uh, except as long as it's not Atlanta, right? I can never say I root for Portland because I'm not. But you can like, root against Atlanta. But so let me let me let me read you this one part of a tweet, which is why I oh, can't boy. root for Atlanta. This is from uh, an Atlanta blogger for Dirty South Soccer, and he mm-hmm. said. A win would mean so much to Atlanta and possibly to American soccer in general. And I'm like, get the hell Fart out noise. of here. Right. Like, <laughs> calm down. Like, Atlanta winning would mean so much to American soccer. Like, get and the Atlanta hell losing, over yourself. Atlanta losing would mean a ton of people getting rid of their season tickets because the world is ending. I want to know how many people are not going to MLS Cup because they got rid of their season tickets when they didn't win Supporter Shield. Hmm. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Yeah. Fuckers. Well, and they won't have Tata Martino next year because he's not going to be their coach. They very likely won't have Miguel Uh, Almiron or Joseph Martinez. Yeah. Um, Well, no, they've confirmed he won't be coach again. He just, they haven't confirmed where he's going. So. Gotcha. Well, but there were. The, we'll go ahead. I was just going to say there there was reports that uh, um, the Atlanta United president Darren Eels and their general manager uh, Carlos Bocanegra were down in uh, in South America trying to meet with Guillermo Barros uh, Salado, who is a a, a manager um, down in in uh, Argentina. Um, he's oh. coached Boca Juniors, and he used to play for the Columbus Crew. And he's uh, he's a really good coach, and they're apparently trying to get him. So, well, well here's the deal, guys. We, we, you know, off season there really is no set schedule for the way the pod goes. We obviously don't have any games to recap, but there's always something. And if there's not something, we're gonna make something. 
there will be something. <laughs> we'll, we'll um, figure it out. Whatever that means, if we need to have like a super personal Q&A episode or something about us or if it about teams in general, there will always be something. So especially with the drafts coming out, um, you know, holidays where we don't we don't break, man. We're like uh, we don't we don't sleep. We're like New York. Oh, yeah. and also happy Hanukkah to everybody, uh, our, our Jewish peoples, because I think Hanukkah started started this week, right? It did. So happy Hanukkah. Very cool. Um, so enjoy your uh, eight crazy nights of presents. Sounds fun. You know it's eight crazy nights because of the Adam Sandler song, don't you? Yes, I really had no idea <laughs> if it was eight or nine. I don't even know. Nine um, days, eight nights, something like that? I I know it's eight nights. That's what I know. Now I feel bad about my lack of Hanukkah knowledge. Um, I know, but I can, I can rhyme words with Hanukkah like, like no other. <laughs> Like How I could smoke you? my marijuana, <laughs> drink some gin and tonica. Yeah, um, <laughs> there you go. I know the song. I'm with you. It's um, great. It's perfect. OJ Simpson, still not a Jew. That's oh, a, that's a lyric. Um, anywho, that's right. Uh, speaking of asking us questions, we did get the email um, from uh, Joshua Zars. You can email us snowotherpod at gmail dot com. We do check it now. Um, Joshua wants to know what game day rituals or superstitious behavior do you do prior to each SKC game? I have a few, he says. So these are his few. He says he drinks a K cup of sporting blend from the roastery in his gotta have the cup SKC mug as the first thing he consumes on game day. He only wears SKC shirts, socks and hats all day and then changes into his game time Jersey socks and hat at the end of the star spangled banner. He says to himself, I believe that we will win. So, uh, yeah, he wants to know what are our superstitions superstitions and rituals. So I'm going to let you go first. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, uh, I, I have a rotation of about four different jerseys I wear. And if, if we uh, – I, I do not wash that jersey unless until we lose a game. If we win or tie, I keep that same jersey on. Um, I will tell you that I shave my chest on every game day. <laughs> there you go. That's a real thing. Uh, oh my goodness. Not much I did not grows on there anyways. So I, well, why would you know that? <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I'm not sending you pictures or anything. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, there's so much, man. If I'm, if I'm working that day, uh, I got to wear my sporting tie and my sporting socks. And if I'm not working that day, I wear the, wear that stuff the day before, you know? So it's, yeah. it's different. I, I'm, I got something for everything and I've got to wear a Jersey during the games. Uh, it's a scarf. I wear the same scarf year round. It's, it's yeah. I don't know. What, what, what do you do? Uh, I'm not that different from you other than the shaving the chest hair. Um, I, <laughs> I have a series of, of sporting jerseys that I wear, and I will pick one, and I will stick with it as long as we are winning or getting a result of some sort, just like you do. Uh, same with my scarf. I pick a scarf, and I stick with it. Um, it gets a little tricky because if I'm in the press box at the home games, I can't wear a jersey, so I'll wear it throughout the day until I have to leave for the game, and then i got to change. Um, but uh, that's that's my big one. Um, 
if if it's an away game, um, I do this regardless of sport, but also for sport in KC. I like if I'm sitting in a particular spot on the couch and we're doing really well, I will not move. Like I don't even want to get up to go to the bathroom. I will stay in that spot. If we're not doing well, I will I will move and then if we start doing well after I move, I won't move. I'll stay in that spot. So like I like find the spot of the couch where we do the best. Um I also don't audibly say things. Like if we're doing well, I don't like to talk about that we're doing well or I don't like to say things like I think we're going to win or anything because I I worry that I'll jinx us. So I like I'm I that's where most of my superstitions come in. It's like I got to sit here. I can't talk about what we're doing. I just got to like let it happen. And then once it happens, then I can talk about it. But if I talk about it too early, I'm going to jinx it and then it's not going to happen. So it's very strange. Okay. I don't know why I'm not that way in any other aspect of life except for sports. So I guess you could say I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So yeah, that's an office joke. (laughs) (laughs) Stole that one from Steve Carell. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Joshua, thank you for your question. You, you, I mean, you have some pretty cool traditions with the drinking of the coffee and out of the gutter, oh, yeah. have the cup mug. That's, that's, that's cool. So I like that. Um, if any of you other listeners have any traditions, tweet us at no other pod at JC max zero three at Dan Kuzer, send us a Facebook message, um, shoot us an email. Let us know. We'd like to hear what your, uh, your game day traditions are. So, um, we are getting close to running oh, out of time, but still sad, still crying. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that 400 and what 20 days after Bruce Arena resigned as coach of the U.S. national team, we oh, now yeah. have a permanent coach again. And I'm sure none of you knew this was going to happen. But breaking news, it's Greg Berhalter, the coach of the Columbus crew. Shocker. Um, Shocker, dude. So, you know, this isn't surprising. It may not be exciting. But are you glad that at least now we have a full-time coach and we feel like we can maybe move forward? Let's move forward. Let's just move on. It's good now. We have something. Let's go. Let's stop speculating about it and complaining about it. It's fine. Let's move on. Yep. So at least we have a coach. Hopefully we can get a system in place. The process sucked. We don't need to lament the process anymore. We all know it sucked, but hopefully we can move forward. Um, We do know that one of the future stars of the U.S. men's national team, Tyler Adams, he got transferred to Red Bull Leipzig. He's no longer going to be on the New York Another shocker. So, yeah, no one saw that coming. Um, we all knew that there's rumors that Christian Pulisic might make a jump to EPL Chelsea's put in a bid supposedly. So we'll, uh, we'll keep y'all updated on whatever U S men's national team storylines happen. So, um, the only other thing I wanted to mention was congrats to Luka Modric for winning the men's Ballon d'Or the first, uh, yeah, that's cool non Lionel Messi, non Cristiano Ronaldo, Ballon d'Or winner in a long time and congrats to uh I wonder I wonder if he can twerk. Oh my god. I congrats to Ada Hegerberg, Hegerberg, I'm going to ruin her name, but she is the first female Ballon d'Or winner and uh yeah, 
screw freaking Martin Solveig, the the DJ who asked her after she just had this really powerful, amazing speech about women's empowerment and inspiring young girls and and how awesome it is to be the first female Ballon d'Or winner. Asked her if she can twerk, and he she's basically looks disgusted, says no one walks off because it was an incredibly inappropriate and sexist question. Yeah. Doesn't even make sense. That's odd. Um, yeah, I don't know, but she's a badass player, um, who deserves the Ballon d'Or. So congrats to her. Um, and, and hopefully his sexism doesn't take away from how deserving she is of that award. So, um, right. yeah. So anyway, that's what I got to say about that. Um, uh, but that's, uh, that's about all I got. Um, all right, man. We will be watching MLS Cup, probably. I guess, albeit reluctantly. Nope, nope, nope. No. Nope. KU basketball. Not even watching. Okay. Well, there <laughs> you go. I'll have it on, but KU, KU will be rock chalking. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, hopefully, uh, I don't know what. Hopefully, I don't want either of the team. Hopefully, Mercedes Benz Stadium implodes on itself, um, and then. Uh, We'll uh we'll be back next week to talk about whatever happened and whatever sporting KC news breaks between now and then. So uh yeah. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at no other pod, at JC Macro3, mm. at Dan Kuzer. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash no other pod. Shoot us that email, no other pod at gmail.com. Check out Radkey, the sweet local band from St. Joseph, Missouri that lets us use their great music, and uh give us that rating or review. But uh, I think that's what I got. So until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you later. See ya. And I find it kind of funny. I find it kind of sad. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.